This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Delving into current events to uncover relevant wisdom. Uncover relevant wisdom. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Charlie Harari Show. So great to be back with you again. So happy that you tuned back in. Really appreciate your time and attention. Lots to talk about today. There's so much going on in the world. Wow. Another week has gone by. This is the week where the school year ends. If anyone who has kids right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? That last week of school when the kids start to like get really excited and the parents start to get really nervous as the kids start to come home and camps don't start yet and summer plans don't start yet and everyone like looks at mom and dad and is like, okay, you are our camp counselor now, so what are we doing tomorrow? And you're like, absolutely nothing. But the kids are off and it's fun for them. School's out. It's summer, and at the very least, it reminds us to appreciate when we used to have this. Do you remember when we used to have this life, when we had seasons? Now we just have different, you know, now we had like, you know, just the weather changes in our lives. But back in the old days, we actually had seasons. And the world is turning upside down. And something happened this week that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, and But you know, obviously, for those of you who have heard me before, it's not just that I'm going to jump in. The goal of this show is not just to tell you the news. The goal of the show is to try to find the lessons of the news and see how we can become better. So as the world turns and turns and turns, which the world will do, we hopefully can continue going forward versus going in circles. And something happened this week that sort of triggered a memory for me that I had years ago that I want to share with you today. So I couldn't have been more than 13, 14 years old. And I was going to my favorite place in the world, Yankee Stadium. Right, the old Yankee Stadium. Now Yankee Stadium is like brand new and gorgeous. When I grew up, it was still pretty gorgeous, but it was really where, I mean, like if anyone, if you remember that first time you go to the ball ballpark, right, and you come out of the dugout, or whatever, you know, and then you see like not the dugout from the ground, but like you come out of the and you see the the, the field and that grass and the ugh, baseball. This is what it's all about, right? You get that seat. It's like three hours of just joy. So. My uncle had taken me, my uncle had incredible season tickets, and he took me to see um, the greatest game in New York, right, when New York, the Yankees, play the Red Sox. Now, there are fewer rivalries as big as Yankees-Red Sox, right? I think the Yankee-Red Sox rivalries are more complicated than, you know, Mideast crises. So, you know, you go see the Boston Red Sox, and it's like unbelievable, the hatred, the venom, it's awesome. So, we were, we were there, and the game was, was great, and... You know, the Yankees were winning by like five, so it was a real blowout. And he took me in the middle to like go get like, you know, food and, you know, get it. You know, he's like one of these like, you know, taking care of my nephew moments and go get a hat and go get a program. And so we're walking around and he takes me around the, the stadium and he brings me to the back of the stadium, so to speak, to the the bleachers and the outfield bleachers. Now, if you if you anyone who has never been in Yankee Stadium, especially the old Yankee Stadium, there is a section called the bleachers. Now, in America, 
there is, for the most part, law and order, right? Like, you know, crime gets punished. You have to follow a certain amount of rules. But there are designated areas where law and order doesn't apply anymore. And one of those areas is Yankee bleachers, right? If you shoot someone in the bleachers, they just take away your gun and give you a beer. Like, that's just how it works. And it's like implied consent, right? You shouldn't have been in the bleachers. So you go to the bleachers, and in the bleachers you see, you know, people that you just never want to be seeing on the street at any time of day. And I'm, I'm going there, and I see something. Like, I, I look straight, and I see that in the second row of the bleachers is a guy in a Boston Red Sox jersey. And I turn to my uncle, and I'm like, does that guy want to die? Like, is this a suicide attempt? Like, what is he, nuts? My uncle's like, yeah, I don't know. And the game is going on, and this guy's cheering, and they're yelling at him. This guy's cheering. He's literally taking his, they're pouring beer on him. They're throwing stuff at him, and he's still going. And I walked away, and my uncle, who happens to be a very successful businessman, said to me, Charlie, I'm going to teach you something about life. I'm like, I love this. He said, that guy will never, ever stop being a Boston Red Sox. That guy can be sitting in the middle of the Yankee bleachers, and he will never, ever get up and say, this is stupid. Like, I'm in New York. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, let me just cheer for the home team. That guy will always be a red... It, the, the world, he can literally be at the brink of death, and he won't give up his fanhood. Do you know why? I'm like, because he's, he's a Red Sox fan? Like, these guys aren't the smartest people to begin with? He's like, well, no. I said, why? He said, because... The greatest impediment to success is that guy's problem. I'm like, okay, what is the impediment that we have to success? How come we're not more successful in life? What is it that blocks us from having better marriages, from having a better career, from being better parents? So this week, Donald Trump gave a speech about Hillary Clinton. Now, For those of you who have been listening to me, you know that I am not a huge fan of Donald Trump. I don't think that our country needs somebody like Donald Trump. I think that he's going to cause a certain amount of damage to the conservative party for sure, to the Republican Party for sure. And he's going to give fodder to everyone who says that, you know, GOP is basically a racist, stereotypical, homophobic group in which we're absolutely, they're not. Now, I'm not necessarily going to be part of a particular group, and we'll get to that in a second, but I don't think that's true. I think the Republican Party is filled with incredible people. I think the Republican Party is filled with people that will give money out of their pocket to help somebody else. I think the Republican Party is filled to the gills with great people, and if Donald Trump is the leader of this party, I think it's going to push back the conservative agenda. And when I watch Donald Trump self-implode, I can't say that I am very, very upset. However, This week, Donald Trump got up and gave a speech about Hillary Clinton that made my skin crawl. If 10% of what he said about Hillary was true, I I can't even imagine how she's still in contention for the highest office of our land. If she took a fraction of the money that he claims from all those governments, if she took a fraction of the money from all those banks, if she played a fraction of a role in Libya, all the, I can't even imagine people saying, hey, let's get her to be in charge of the entire country. So he gives this speech, and I knew this would happen. 
and I'm done with the speech, and I immediately wait that half an hour or so, and I go on to all of the various news sites. And it's like, it's clockwork. You go to the right-wing sites, and they're just destroying it. And then I go to all these sort of left-wing or more liberal sites, and I was just so bothered by how it either wasn't a story or it wasn't really addressed. It's as if people didn't want to see the extent in which Donald Trump was making those accusations. And like everything else in life, it sort of just moves over to the next area. And it bothered me. If he's right, we should know. But it seems like it doesn't even matter. Why? And the answer is the same answer that I got from the Boats and Red Sox guy in Yankee Stadium. It's that my uncle, like he said, shared with me what I think is the hardest thing in the world for us to overcome. Life sends us messages. Life sends us opportunities. But we are blocked by those messages. Do you know why? It's not because they're not there in front of us. It's because we can't see them. We can't digest them. Because we all have something in front of us caused called a bias. Each of us have a filter that's in front of our minds. It's called a schema. It filters out things. It filters in things. That's why when my doctor comes over to check my kids and tells them to cough, I have no idea what he's doing. And he says to me, well, I get it. Just having the cough again. I go, what are you listening for? He goes, listen, I've spent my life trying to figure out how I can tell if a kid is sick by his cough. I can't just tell you, right? That's why when your child says, I'm not feeling well, just by the, 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 the tweak in the voice, you can tell if he's faking it or if he's not feeling well. How do you know? And the answer is because your schema, your filter, after all those years of understanding how your child talks, can almost automatically tell one thing from the, from the other. And to everybody else, it's invisible, right? Somebody does something, some people pick it up, and some people it's totally invisible. And the difference isn't the, isn't the person. It's not the cough. It's not the statement. It's in us. Can we understand it? Can we see it? Can we ascertain it? What blocks us from being able to understand things in life is our bias. It's the thing, it's that psychological block to what's in front of us, right? The reason why you can watch a game and be happy and sad, it's just a game, right? It's not happy or sad, right? You have three people in the room, you got a warrior fan, you got a cavalier fan, and you got someone who doesn't even know the sport. They're both looking at the same thing in life. And they both have three different emotional reactions. It's not just like theoretical, right? They actually, one person is feeling in his body joy. One person is feeling in his body stress and pain. And one person is feeling nothing in his body. Well, how is that possible? They're all looking at the exact same thing because it's not the thing they're looking at. It's their reaction to the thing. It's their, how that information comes into their minds, and the person who was a Golden State Warrior fan was stressed and upset and angry. And the person who was a Cleveland Cavalier fan is exalted and happy. And a person who couldn't care less about the sport has no reaction. It's because the three of them have two, have three totally different schemas. 
Right? That's why when you're you know, Democrat or Republican, you get happy or excited by who wins. In all likelihood, your life isn't is, is any better. You know how many people how many people voted for Barack Obama who has a worse life because of him? Do you know how many people every time they see him, they're like, Yay, yay, go, 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 and their life is worse because of his policies. He's not trying necessarily to make their life worse. It's just his policies disadvantage their lives. But yet they're happy. And you have other people who actually benefited from his policies and they hate the guy. How come? It's not because of him. It's because of what you think you know and what information you were told and what you listened to. And all of that creates a bias. And a bias is like a psychological block to information. That's what it is. We block what's in front of us so we can't see truth and that's why we have the same opinions year after year i bet you if you go to your thanksgiving table or your weekend table or your sunday afternoon barbecue wherever you go and you see a buddy of yours or a father of yours or in all likelihood 90 percent of the people you speak to will have the exact same opinion on the world and they had 20 years earlier in all likelihood you'll have every once in a while somebody who is very open-minded for the most part that's not the case it's because there's a bias and that bias is put on power when they were very little. Maybe something happened to them or their family or maybe their father told them something. And then that's stuck in their heads and they look at the world and all they see is the world through that bias. The Boston Red Sox fan can't be a Yankee fan. Not because he sees the truth. Not because he looks around and goes, hey, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. I'm in Yankee Stadium over here. Why don't I just vote for the team that's the home team? And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the chances of that game affecting the championships is very little. He can't because his whole life he was given a bias called Boston Red Sox. And he can walk into the middle of Yankee Stadium and he can't help himself but to not want the Yankees to win. It's amazing. And someone could just just grow, have grown up a few miles south of Boston and in, in America, literally just a couple miles away, and they look at the, the same game so differently. It's the bias. And you know what we do all the time, all of us? We think that if I want to have a good life, what I need to do is I need to change everything on the outside. Right? You ever get that feeling? If I want to have a good life, I need to change my wife or my husband, the way they act. I need to change. If, if, my, if my person will just win, if my team will just win, then I'll be happy. If I just get that promotion, then I'll be happy. We think that if we want to have a good life, the way we have a good life is by fixing the things on the outside of us, but we never consider that the only way to have a good life is to fix the things on the inside of us. The greatest bias that's out there is the bias called the confirmation bias. What is the confirmation bias? That's what this whole week was about. When we come back, we're going to talk about it. What is the confirmation bias and why are we right now in a place where we have political candidates that are basically hoping that we never become open-minded? Because if we do, we're going to see them for who they are. But if we don't, we will allow ourselves to basically play this incredibly terrible game called national politics into, into taking our country into oblivion. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk about what is that confirmation bias and why. It's so important for us to get it, catch it, and make sure it doesn't impact us. This is all coming up on The Charlie Ryer Show. You're listening to The Charlie Ryer Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back. 
This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you again. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate you being here. We spoke a little bit about the bias that stops our lives, that keeps us where it is, where we are, said better, and makes us basically the same person year after year. We spoke about Boston Red Sox and my uncle and how the Red Sox fans can't be Yankee fans as hard as they try because they have this psychological block called a bias. Now, if you look at biases, if you really want to understand why you're not more happy, if you really want to just ask yourself, like, how come my life right now isn't more joyous? 80% is because of your perspective. Yes, you may be going through something very difficult right now that I don't know about. You may, Yeah, that's that's totally possible. But generally... The reason why people aren't happier is because of their circumstances. It was because of their perspective. They don't see the world from a open, positive sense. They see the world from a sense of consumption, from a sense of what they expect, and the bias that they have in front of them lets the information that gets filtered into their minds come out not as joyous as they would want. Now, what is the confirmation bias? And why is it so important to talk about? The answer is, so studies, they, they did this great study. And what they did was they took somebody and they tried to see what would it take them to get through yes. You know, when you get like a cold call, right? So they took all these cold callers and they tried to test what would happen if the cold callers would change their script to get people to a higher level of yes, right? That's what you want. That's why you have cold callers because whatever you're selling, they want you to sell. So they went in and they started asking questions. And they started to realize something. If the cold caller would get you to say yes three times before they asked you a question, the chances of you accepting the offer went up. Right? If they said, hey, you like the weather? Yeah. Uh, it's ha- you having a great day? Yeah. Um, it, it's great that the, you know, the Cavs won, right? Yeah. Hey, you want to hear about our product? The chances of you saying yes goes up. If they can get three yeses out of you, isn't that amazing? Well, why is that? And the answer is because every one of us in our minds has what we call the confirmation bias. The confirmation bias is that whenever you say, whenever you invest yourself in something, whenever you agree with something, whenever you identify with a position, you have this internal gauge that wants you to be right. So the chances of you continually to invest in that position goes higher. If I got gave you a dollar and you put it into some, an investment, if you put a dollar into a company, the chance of you putting a second dollar into that company is much higher because you put your first dollar in and you want that company to make it. So what's going to happen is if you put in $10 and $1,000, if you put in $50,000 into a company, 
And as that company starts to produce negative reports, you're not going to want that report to be true. You already put in $50,000. You're going to want your investments to be right. So you're going to not really look at that. You're not going to sort of pay attention to that. You're going to like, you know, almost like move away from the real data and look at it from the perspective that you want until one day you wake up and it's too late. If you believe something, and the more you actually believe in it and invest your time and attention in it, the more you're able to move everything out of your way and only look at that way to your detriment. That's why you don't change sports teams. Because when you're a kid, you invested in it. And you became a fan of something. And then every time you became a fan of something, it became harder and harder and harder to you, for you not to want that thing to win. Because you're as you confirm and confirm and confirm, you want yourself to be right. Which is crazy. Because anyone who's done anything in life worth anything knows that the greatest thing you can be in life is wrong. Because that allows you to be smarter. The chances of you becoming right about something really important is if whether or not you can recognize that along the way, you've made mistakes, right? Because if every problem you do, you always get right, how hard are these problems? If you really want to do something great, if you really want to become something great, then you're going to have to try hard things. That means you'll have to be wrong a lot. But if every time you do something, you have this confirmation bias going unchecked, you're going to have the same positions 20 years ago. In fact, this is one of the questions he asked politicians, which is crazy. A lot of times you'll say, well, you know, so-and-so, in 1985, you said this, and what's the story? And everyone's like, well, 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 you know. Well, the answer is, yeah, it was 1985. <laughs> I changed my mind. I don't know. I grew up. You think I'm, the decisions that I make when I was eight is the decisions I make when I'm 28? Right? The, the goal of life is not to, like, get it right and then never do it more. The goal in life is to consistently check your positions, to check your thoughts. That's what life's about. So when you live in the confirmation bias, you don't see life because you're just constantly trying to be right with yesterday's thinking. That's why people can get married for years and have the same stupid fights because they still think that they are the center of the world. And when they made that argument 10 years ago, they're still holding that argument all the way through life. And you have two people that are married that all just constantly sort of be at odds with each other because none of them can actually say, you know what, I'm not invested in what I was once right. I need to be wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe the whole way I saw the world was wrong. Maybe when I was first got married, I saw the whole world from a position of just a single guy that just now is a wife. I didn't see it from someone who was married for 10 years. That's the difference between good people and bad. That's the difference between smart and wise. It's not help your natural IQ, smart and wise is your ability to know where you're wrong and to be comfortable not knowing and to be comfortable saying, I don't know. And I was wrong and to be comfortable, not allowing yourself to constantly invest more and more and more to confirm your theories that may not be true. That's what life's about. And when you see people that have achieved something in life, you will frequently see that there is a sense of, I would rather be, I would rather find truth than be right. That is the sign of wisdom. If you're putting your money with somebody or you're marrying somebody or you're raising somebody or you're, you're looking for someone to give you some advice, you look for the quality of a person 
that would rather find truth than be right because the confirmation bias sits in front of our minds like a dark screen and anything that comes in gets filtered through that dark screen that's why you ever have you have that family member that goes into like you know thanksgiving or the holidays and is always complaining no matter what why it's because they live in this world of the world revolves around them or whatever theory or thing that they see that the world and they just can't break it we have this bias to confirm everything that we thought yesterday to make ourselves feel like it's right to make ourselves feel like what we thought was the right way to think what we already bought into is the right thing to buy and that's why by the way if you buy something you ever by the way eat something and you don't want to look at the the the, the calories on it you ever do that you ever like eat something and you eat it quickly or you or you don't look at the box because you know you shouldn't have eaten it but you want to anyways it's you against you why don't you look at the box and the answer is because you just don't want, you, you, it's the confirmation bias. You just don't want to feel bad. You just want to do what you want to do. You, you don't want truth. You want to just be right. Well, what does that do with politics? And why is it so important now? So when we come back, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you, I learned something this week that changed my entire affiliation to the entire political system. And it all came from this one bias. When we come back, we're going to talk all about it. You're listening to The Charlie Rowery Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. If you're crossing the border in the desert heat and it's 110 or 117 degrees and you're hot and you're tired and you're thirsty, Mm -hmm. how about this? Stay home. Okay? Don't come. Don't come here. You. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about the confirmation bias. Why it's so important for us to understand this, where it comes from. This is what I try to do, by the way, for those who are joining us right now. I do this deliberately. I know I could talk about a million things. I know in a regular show or a live show, I would talk about a bunch of different topics. But sometimes when you talk about a bunch of different topics, you don't get underneath it enough. What I thought we would do with the podcast, which is why I do this, which is why I hope you stick with me, is we identify issues and ideas that are underneath the surface of life that present themselves every single week. And if you spend time on something, even after it gets, you know, even after you get it, but you deepen and deepen and delve and delve and delve, then you can actually see it in a way that you couldn't see it if it's just very quick. And I want to spend a couple more minutes on this because I think we can unravel it even more and even more and even more and begin to sort of figure out where it exists in our lives so that we can become better people. So Hillary Clinton speaks this week and I go on all these new sites and I'm watching exactly what I expected to watch. Everybody who is sort of Democratic says, I can't believe, very few people, but everyone basically says, I can't believe he said that, he's making stuff up, what are we talking about? And everybody who's on the Republican side is like, it's about time he said that, he's the first Republican to call around what it is, and it's just the two sides just screaming at each other again. And then Hillary Clinton speaks earlier about him, and everyone on her side is like, well, of course she's so right, he's not someone on the Republican side, well, she's not. It's just like, no matter what the two of them do, everybody's just screaming at each other. 
Well, why is that? And the answer is because everybody, especially if you're writing, if you're a writer for a site or you're a journalist for a site, well, what do you think you're doing all day? You're giving your opinion. You know how many hours and hours and hours of opinion you've been giving? So what do you think is happening to your confirmation bias? You are constantly giving over the same way of seeing the world. You don't have two ways of seeing it. And every time that you give your opinion that's one way, you're creating a larger and larger bias against your ability to see it in another way. So if you go down, if you're writing for one site that's on the left side of the aisle, and you've been writing it for more than a couple of weeks or months or years, you think you have the chance to wake up one morning and see from someone else's perspective? You know how much of your life is invested in seeing it your way? Your reputation, your way of life, every, your friends probably, your colleagues. Your, your, it's not about truth. It's about confirmation bias. And if you're on the right side of the aisle, same thing. You think it's any different? That on the right side of the aisle, that years and years and years and your friends and I can't believe it and you're tying and what's going on. You have two parties that are basically the people that you're hearing from, the people that you get to hear online, the people that you get to read about. These people have been arguing the same camp. It's like watching sports. You think the Boston Red Sox guy is going to become a Yankee fan? You think the person that's been voting Democrat his whole life is going to go for a Republican? You think the person that's been voting Republican all life is going to go for What are you, serious? You think Reds going to go for blue? It's color war. Okay, so the matters happen to be, I don't know, our national security and life and liberty and the stuff that we care. Okay, fine, who cares? The chances of somebody crossing the aisle is the same chance as someone crossing the aisle in the bleachers of Yankee Stadium. You would sooner sit in the bleachers with your, with your Boston Red Sox jersey on than actually take it off and go, who cares, it's a baseball game. Can you imagine someone doing that? Can you imagine, imagine a Boston Red Sox fan saying, hey, listen, who cares, it's a baseball game. Like, okay, it's, it's baseball. Like it's, not like, it's not like no one's dying out there. It's baseball. I'm sitting here with my kid. Why do I have to be a? Why do I gotta draw the attention of everybody around me? Why do I gotta cause that guy down the down, down the road from me to throw his beer bottle at me? Not saying that the guy should do it anyways, but like, well, how come when the balls the Red Sox score, I gotta like you know stand up and make him feel bad? Like it's I'm in New York. What's the big deal for tonight? Let me just keep my mouth closed and I'll deep down you know root for the Red Sox. Why? 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 The answer is they can't do that because that's who he is, and he'll never change. Because his confirmation bias has him see baseball through Red Sox. And it's okay. It's baseball. Like, it is what it is. We'll, we'll get over it. You got to know not to throw your beer bottle at the, at the Red Sox guy, even if you're in the bleachers. It's part of being an adult. But this is politics. This is for the, <laughs> this is for the President of the United States. And you're looking at just color war. And so this week it hit me that I can't be a Democrat or a Republican anymore. I can't be either one. I can't be something. You know why? Because if I say that I'm a Republican, then I'm going to walk into every election biased. I need to be non-affiliated with any party because only when I'm not affiliated with any party can I pull myself away and actually look at the candidates for who they are. Even if I end up voting one side of the aisle my whole life, it's only because that person on that side of the aisle, I agree with his opinion or her opinion. And I realize that the greatest challenge we have in our country, I think, is that we have this system where you get to pick your team and you have your team forever. You know, if you go around to the rest of the world, you don't have this. When you go around to the rest of the world, the systems of government there, they allow multiple parties. Our system of government doesn't. Our system of government basically has two parties. It's a two-party system. If you get a third party that wants to go on, it's so difficult. It's so hard. 
You have to go through so many hoops that it's just not worth it. You're just never going to win. And so we're looking at two parties every single year. If you go around to the world, you'll find that you have multiple party systems. You can start new parties every year, every election. You can be voting for new things. And parties aren't just two. There's three and five and ten. And it's not just it's not one or the other. So you have people that are part of a party that weren't part of a party two years ago because that thing didn't exist. There are people that have options because everything's a shade of gray. You think Donald Trump would ever win on a Republican ticket if there were other parties that he could form or could be formed around him? Donald Trump would be running on the, the party that he formed and the Republicans would have a conservative choice. And you would have more than one party right now moving themselves up to become president and you would choose between the different parties and their leaders versus the way we have it right now, which is let's jam somebody into a one of two designated party system and then pick. And you know what people are doing? They're not even picking. They're saying, listen, I don't like Hillary and I don't like Donald Trump, but I've been blue or I've been red. I'm not, it's my team. Like, what am I going to do? I'm not a huge fan, but it's my team. Like, I'm not going to start. I'm going to stop rooting for the Heat now that we lost LeBron James. No, I'm a, I'm a Heat fan. I got to do it. Confirmation bias. And it's destroying us. Absolutely. It's totally changing our country. Our kids' future. Our children. Forget our children, ourselves, the future of our own ability to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to have a country that operates at the highest capacity is being impacted because the, the electorate, us, me and you, and everyone around us, thinks that it's a sport. It's a sport. And we have confirmation bias. And we look over and what we do is just, we just choose the party line. That's what it is. We just choose. And as soon as the primaries are over, that's it. We just back our horse. And the way we go. And we are the greatest country in this world. And we literally are just, it's like Super Bowl Sunday. The confirmation bias can cause so much havoc. And that's, by the way, why what's in right now. We're literally, and we've never had an election where both candidates are so un, unpopular, are so unliked, and yet everyone's going to back them because the thought that we can do anything else but just back these two people is so beyond the realm of possibility. The libertarian ticket has zero chance. Do you know why? It's not because they're not, and I know there's some people that will disagree with me, and that's okay, because you'll see at the end they're not going to win. You know why? It's not because they don't deserve to win. It's because we don't live in that capacity. Our brains have been so, for years, focused on blue, red blue, red, and we have so much confirmation bias in front of us that we can't even entertain the possibility that a third party can come in and sweep the general election. And so we'll settle. And so if you hear something about Hillary, both sides are going to do what they do. And Donald Trump, what you're going to see this election is this game. You're going to throw her, they're going to hurl insults at each other and then everyone's going to sort of dig in their heels and you'll hear, go blue, go red, go blue, red. And that's it. they'll do color war songs and they'll say, you know, blue, 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 red is better than you and then like that's it. And then when it's all over, one team will win and one team will lose and that team that wins will have the ability to dictate the future of ourselves and generations to come. That is the greatest travesty that we're dealing with right now. That our bias is blocking us from our happiness. And that's a national problem. And I can tell you something honestly, I don't think we're going to solve it. I don't think so. That's not what I'm saying it for. I'm not saying it for us to solve it. You know what I really believe? I believe at least we can put it on our own lives. That's what we're here for, right? That's the goal. That's the goal of the show. 
It's not to solve national problems. It's not my. That's not what I'm doing. Maybe one day. Maybe if you stick with me and tell your friends to listen, and we got a huge audience, we can solve some big problems. But right now, we're just going to focus on ourselves. Which, by the way, could be more important. Because if it's happening on a global scale, it's happening on an individual scale. That means there's another team that we're we're, we're voting for called me. And sometimes me is the wrong team because it should be you. I was on the phone just recently with a guy who decided that, you know, he doesn't believe in anything beyond the world. And I was explaining to him that, like, if I happen to be personally... I consider myself a, a, a man of faith. I really do. I feel I feel I'm a religious guy. I believe very strongly that God runs this world. I was explaining to him that you're missing out on such a great piece of life if you have nothing beyond just what's in physically in front of you. There's so much more to life. There's so much more depth that you can consider the divine. And his mentality was, no, I just can't. I just can't. It's just not happening. And he has a good right to it because he grew up in his environment. It was really he grew up in a very religious environment, and they were very harsh on him. And he had a very bad childhood. Fine. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. But the confirmation bias that he had as a kid growing up that God can't be good because his family or his teachers weren't good sticks with him to this day. And it is so difficult. And he was really trying in the conversation. It is so difficult for somebody to break out of a way they thought for years to consider something new. But what about me and what about you? What about us? What is going on in our lives right now? that is still in our lives because we have been using the confirmation bias to our detriment. Is there something that you're running to? Maybe that's why you're not enjoying your life, because life isn't necessarily getting to the next phase. Life is about slowing it down and enjoying this phase. So what is it about our confirmation bias that has told us our whole lives, just keep on yearning, keep on yearning, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, that has told us our whole lives we can't slow down and actually enjoy. And we're so invested in this feeling of movement and progress and more and more and more that we can't have, we never get the chance to just sort of slow it down and enjoy right now. Right, this happens every summer, right? Summertime comes and it's always happens. It's June and I'm like, slow it down. Summers are great two months. They slow down at work. The kids are enjoying themselves. It's warm outside. And then all of a sudden it's September. You're like, what happened to summer? Because summer's just two months, right? It's like February, March. It's going to go in a minute. It's just eight weeks. It's not a lot of time. And we never slow it down. We're still flying, Look back at your weddings or you look back at your anniversaries or your kids grow up or whatever it is that you're doing and you go, where did all that time go? And the answer is, as a kid, as, as an adult, we are just, our life is run, 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 and we're so invested in our future success that we have this bias against slowing it down and enjoying ourselves. What positions have you taken in your life or that I've taken in my life that may be wrong? They're just wrong. How many people do we have in our lives that we assume are out to get us? And they're really not. We assume that they're insensitive, but they're really insecure. We assume that they're trying to take our, our, our jobs, but they're really just trying to figure out their own. We assume that they're not giving us the respect that we deserve, and they're really just trying to figure out their own lives. How many of those people do we have in our lives that were hanging over our heads for years? Family members. And we're just, that's who they are. That's just who they are. That's it. That's who, that's who I am. That's who they are. And they'll walk into a room and our blood boils. Why? Because we've thought that beforehand. Confirmation bias. We like to confirm what we've already believed. Maybe we're wrong. We like to continue doing the things that we do. 
change is hard. I'm wrong is hard. I'm sorry is hard. But everything in life comes when you go out of your comfort zone to what's hard. And the hardest thing to come out of your comfort zone is your mind. I can talk to somebody who works out in the gym 10 days, 10 hours a day, who can never eat you know, anything with carbs in it, who can run marathons. And I say, work on your brain. And they're like, what? I can't do that because it's hard. When you come back, I'm going to give you one little bit of advice from a little girl to a very famous man that changed his entire perspective on a sport that he loved so much at a time that he needed it more. And I think if we get this perspective, it's a great way to live our lives. This is all coming up when we get right back. This is the Charlie Harari Show. You're listening to the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. That's not true. He left it open, but the media has changed the narrative. And with this, sure, right now it's blatantly blaring in your face obvious that Omar Mateen was a jihadist, but give it six, 12 months and we'll be hearing about how it was just a hate crime by an angry lone gunman and it's America's fault. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you again talking about the confirmation bias, how our politics and our political system is based on it, what I saw this week in the Hillary Clinton speech, and how I have given up, to be honest with you, either party affiliation in order so that I can get rid of this confirmation bias in myself. But the confirmation bias applies to everything that we do in life. And I want to end... With one little story, I saw it this week and I loved it. It's a story of Stephon Curry. You know, if you've heard me before, that I am a huge fan of Steph Curry. I love his story. I love the fact that he was too skinny and too little to win. I love all of it. I really, really, really do. And the fact that he was able to overcome that and to become the person he is is such an inspirational story. And I love it. I really do. And I was really rooting for him to win in, 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 the, in, uh, in the championships. I just can't believe that they ended up losing up 3-1. To the, Golden, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so Steph Curry, as you can imagine, got a lot of slack. He missed a big shot at the end of the game. He was the MVP. He didn't have a great series. And he gets to the end of the game, and he loses. And you can imagine how upset he is, right? Confirmation bias, like on steroids, right? His team, he should be winning. I'm sure he even buys the story, how he's the best shooter, and he missed, and all that stuff's probably getting in his head. And he has a little girl named Riley. And they, you know, the game is over. He goes into the locker room. He comes out. He puts Riley in the car, and Riley turns to him and thinks she had fell asleep. And he turns to him and goes, Daddy, what happened? And he said, well, Riley, we didn't, we didn't win. And she goes, that's okay, Daddy. It's just a game anyways. And she looks out the window. And Steph Curry says in his press conference that he, he, he drove home that night, and he thought about that one quick remark from his little girl. That's okay, Daddy. It's just a game. You know, you got a guy, the whole world is, is on your shoulders. You're playing a basketball game. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, you're not you're not serving in the military. Right? You're not you're not you're not an ER doctor in a hospital. Right? You're not you're not you know you're not in in a in a monastery so you're not like in some in a covenant somewhere helping, you know, uh, someone who's going through a difficult time. You're you're playing basketball. Like you're playing a game. It's it's a it's a fun game. It's a popular game, but it's just a made up game that somebody made up a long time ago that other people like. It's just it's an actual game. And 
you get caught up in that, the confirmation bias. You just get caught up in this world and what's going to happen if I lose. And and an eight-year-old looks at you and says, it's just really a game, Daddy. It's okay. You're still alive. You're still healthy. You still have a lot, a lot of money. You still get paid a lot of money to play a game. And you know what? You're you're young. You'll probably play this game for a lot more years, and in all likelihood, you'll probably win a championship in, in the next few years, so you'll be fine. And it changed him. And I got to tell you, I heard that, and it really stuck with me. That's how you break out of your confirmation bias. Someone adds, gives you a different perspective. How much of our lives are we doing that? We get caught up in stuff, and it's all just our bias. And we never stop to say, hey, who cares? It's just a game, or it's just a job. Or it's it's just an art. It's just it's a small little thing. It doesn't really matter. So you win this time, and we'll go here this time, or you can have this first, or whatever it is. When you're able to break out of your own bias and get a new perspective, many times you're able to break out and create a new life. And my my message tonight and today to you is: don't allow your life to look like it looked a year ago. Not what happens to you. That's what's going to happen because it's your bias. Don't allow yourself to think that growth is just on the outside. Don't ever buy the position that if I my life to get better, there's something on the outside that needs to change. Fight the good fight. Fight the ultimate fight. If you fight your bias, if you fight your mental bias, if you fight the fact that you have to continuously confirm what you think you know and who you think you are, if you allow yourself to be open to new things, to other people's opinions, to what's happening around you. If you allow yourself to be open, you open up a world of opportunity and joy that was otherwise locked behind the filter called the bias. And with that, who knows? Maybe, maybe. We'll end up living a greater life. A life that can help more people and be more happy and be more empowered. And that, I think, is what it's all about. This is Charlie Harari. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to speak to you next week. You're listening to The Charlie Harari Show on the Blaze Radio Network. It's more than just events. It's what they mean to your life. This is the Charlie Harari Show with Charlie Harari.